T-Mobile shares also bouncing in the aftermarket after reporting better earnings than expected. Let's dive into perhaps the role of a chip shortage as well as now the integration of Sprint into the business. Roger Entner is back with us, founder and lead analyst at Recon Analytics. So, Roger, there's a lot of interesting stories for T-Mobile, both the growth in 5G through Sprint and now maybe some device uh, problems for the consumer side. If there's chip shortages, what's the most important thing here for this company? Well, I think uh, T-Mobile executed very well on the uh, the Sprint merger and integrating that company, uh, yielding a lot of savings. But when we look at it in a bigger picture, phone ads uh, came in at 773,000 uh, net ads total 1.3 million that certainly came in above expectation but when we look a little bit underneath uh, we see that there is a, a little bit of fluffiness uh, going on you know i mentioned 773,400 ads that's on a growth of 163,000 accounts that means for every new account that t-mobile got it got 4.7 phones at the average family size of 2.3 in this country. That means basically half of the phone net ads were probably from people who didn't pay for them, right? Yeah. The, uh, that, that's the one concerning thing that I'm looking at. The upgrade rate, which uh, you mentioned, uh, it was 4.8%. Uh, so that's 4.8% this quarter uh, got new devices and that could have been probably higher with uh, more more devices and due to the uh, chip shortage, there were uh, not enough devices. So that could have driven this a little bit uh, further up. Mm. Uh, but overall, you know, uh, an okay quarter, I think. Uh, you know, a couple of other things. Uh, ARPA, which is the average revenue per account, slightly decreased to $132.91. Uh, this was the one number that uh, T-Mobile uh, was looking to increase to. And so that was uh, a slight problem. The churn year over year went slightly up from a year ago 0.86% to 0.98%. But in prepaid, they absolutely killed it when, when it comes to churn, because that churn went down from 3.55% a year ago to 2.78%. And for prepaid, that's absolutely spectacularly good. Hmm. What does T-Mobile's trajectory for users uh, look like compared to, just talking about mobile devices here, because obviously competitors of a lot of other businesses, when we think about AT&T, when we think about cable, and we think about the content plays, the big carriers are now getting more distinct in what they do. Uh, if we think about Verizon versus uh, AT&T versus T-Mobile, T-Mobile's chart has been quite different where it had a very good uh, period between spring of last year during COVID did quite well. I guess maybe Sprint kind of working into that whereas AT&T and Verizon have been a, a much more difficult trade for uh, investors to kind of wrap their head around. It's kind of gone nowhere now for the better part of a year. So, Roger, can we get T-Mobile to kind of have that sustained outperformance? Do you think as an investment, the Sprint 
uh, synergy and what they're doing in, in that very concentrated focus on phones where other people are thinking about content and spinoffs and all that stuff? Is that giving T-Mobile a leg up? Well, T-Mobile is certainly a leg up uh, by having the uh, easiest business model to understand. They're the pure play standalone uh, wireless carrier. Verizon with now the divestiture of um, of Yahoo is back to being a pure play as well. But when I contrast the two, uh, T-Mobile is looking to get more customers at a relatively, basically the same price. Verizon, on the other hand, their strategy is to get more money out of the same or fewer customers. So it's basically a diametrically uh, opposed strategy here. AT&T is becoming much more in their wireless strategy like, uh, like T-Mobile of uh, giving customers and non-customers alike a really great deal on devices and uh, getting more customers and worrying about uh, ARPU and profitability a little bit further down the road. We're seeing the same thing more or less at T-Mobile, at but with the additional uh, you know, tailwind of the merger synergies that are coming from the Sprint integration. Mm. And, and then you mentioned uh, the cable guys. Uh, they're coming in with a, with a value play for, for their customers. And that's eating predominantly into Verizon and AT&T. What do you want to see from T-Mobile next? Uh, they have pushed their synergy expectations or cost-saving expectations even higher. So they continue to show the fruits of that deal. So what next then? Should they remain that pure play? How do we gauge T-Mobile's success going forward? Is this going to be the amount of uh, spectrum they acquire? Is it just watching the number of device users and subscribers? Well, I think for the, the key for T-Mobile is to execute on their strategy, right? They have a, a significant lead uh, in, in the deployment of 5G in the mid-band. Uh, it went up from 100 million uh, people covered last quarter to 140 million this quarter. And they simply have to play that uh, out. Uh, T-Mobile and oh, Verizon and AT&T can only uh, start catching up uh, by the end of the year when they get uh, a fraction of the spectrum that uh, T-Mobile has already. Then I would clearly look at the uh, the merger synergies to continue uh, to be uh, strong and solid and, and even expanding. And then what I would look for is that uh, the phone net ads become much more in line with the account growth. Uh, and that this uh, frothiness that we see in the phone net ads uh, somehow uh, gets a little bit flatter. Okay, Roger, thanks for the details in the walkthrough here. The pure play and the easiest one to understand. I like that. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mr. Entner is the founder and lead analyst at Recon Analytics. T-Mobile up.